0: Titus chapter 2. Once more, our text deals with speaking those things that become sound doctrine. And so let's begin reading in uh, verses 1 down through verse 7 or 8. And then we'll look at a few things this morning. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. That the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience, The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. That they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. And here's what we'll be focusing our our time this this morning in verses 6 through 8. Young men likewise... Exhort to be sober minded in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. And so, <clears throat> don't forget that doctrine or sound doctrine are teachings uh, that are spiritually healthy, they're wholesome. And uh, in our case this morning, again, we have sound doctrine or exhortations related to godly conduct, and specifically this morning of young men. uh, We've already considered the the conduct of aged men, uh, of aged women, uh, and even of young women. And we've shared some examples from Scripture of those, and we'll have uh, a couple as well this morning uh, for young men, but... um, Look at what it says about sound doctrine for young men. Verse 6, it says, Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. Uh, sober-minded, and, and the Greek word is, and forgive me for my pronunciation, but it says it's sophronil. Uh, the idea is to be sane or in one's right mind. Uh, really, the implication is to be sober-minded, to think and to act soberly, soberly discreetly, to use sound judgment and moderation, to be disciplined. Uh, it's related to the trait of, of the Greek word sophron. So, and those are that Greek word sophron, we've seen it in this uh, passage here in relation to aged men, and it's translated temperate, and to young women, and it's translated discreet. And so, this idea of sober minded here's what Albert Barnes says the idea is that they should be entreated to be prudent, discreet, serious in their deportment. To get the mastery over their passions and appetites to control the propensities to which youth are subject, and that there should be such self government under the influence of religion as to avoid excess in everything, a well governed mind superior to the indulgence of those passions in which the young are prone. Sober minded. And uh, I would say this, young men are to have their minds and passions in control, exercising discipline in all areas of life, uh, which isn't common for youngsters, right? We're talking about young men, um, and and certainly there's uh, appetites or passions that young men might be more prone to than the aged men that have lived and and have gone through that season of life. And so uh, the young men ought to be sober-minded, disciplined, uh, the word discipline means a lot to me in the military. We used to talk about discipline all the time. And sometimes you don't do things because it's not appropriate. Uh, it can detract from the mission. And so to be sober, and we understand it probably the best way is uh, don't be drunk with wine. Why? Because that's excess. But be filled with the Spirit. We want to be sober-minded. We want to be filled with the Spirit of God. The, the Spirit of God ought to be controlling us. Uh, not the lusts of our flesh and, and the lusts of our mind and those things. And, and certainly that's very appropriate for young men. And as I was thinking about this, I don't know if you remember, I didn't want to put an age to any of these categories, the aged. You know, certainly I didn't want to put a an age limit or number to the aged folk because I don't want to offend them, especially the aged women. You know what I mean? You start talking about, well, you're in this category now of aged women. Somebody might start throwing their Bible at you. And, uh, but I couldn't help but think when we talk about this idea, because I think I'm in the young men category, even though I'm 42. <laughs> so, and, and that might not be as present or as apparent as it used to be, given my limp today. Um, I, I injured myself on my dirt bike a few days ago, and I forgot to ask for prayer. Prayer for me. i got to have surgery. I tore my ACL. Um, but <clears throat> the first thing that, so I, I was right behind Caleb. He went up a hill. We kind of jumped off the top of this hill. And I like slumped over. The pain was immediate. And I slumped over the handlebars and I kind of rolled down to the bottom of the hill and I crawled off my bike and just laid on the ground. And dad, you getting old? It was the first thing my kids told me, all of them. All three of them were there. But I feel like I fall in this category. And, and I think there's, when you think of young men, certainly teenagers would fall in that category, I think. But when did Christ's ministry start? 30, right? And so he was... He wasn't a youngster, but I don't think he was old. And so I don't know what the specific parameters are, but there's got to be something 30 years, maybe into your 20s, up to probably somewhere 60, 65-ish, or maybe 70, because we know that the lifespan of 70, 80 by, you know, and so somewhere in those years, you know, 30 to 60 would be the young men. Um, so God helped me to be sober-minded and to be serious-minded about the things that Listen, we want to be concerned with the things that are important to God. There's so much influence in our world that attacks our minds, and, and we are prone to make decisions based on all this stuff. Uh, God help us to be in His Word. And uh, a friend of mine challenged me to read the Bible through in 90 days. And uh, <clears throat> so I, am cur- I have not finished that. So it's an old pastor friend of mine. He, I, he was our pastor when we were in New Mexico, and every year he does it. He starts in September, and he does it 90 days before Christmas, and he presents it to the Lord as a, uh, as a gift uh, on Christmas that, that it was important enough to read the Word of God. And so this year he challenged me, and, and I'm in the middle of that. Well, not even the middle. I'm, we're 20 days in, I think. And so I've been reading a lot of Bible lately. <clears throat> By the way, that's good for you. And... Uh, so, you know, you read through Genesis and Exodus and, and, and I'm in 2 Samuel now, I think is where I finished off. 2 Samuel 13 or something was the last chapter today. But you look at all these people throughout history, all these youngsters. And they did some great things for God. And we'll look at some of them today. I'll, I'll, I'll briefly go over some of these examples. But you know what? There's some utter failures in Scripture of people that failed to control their mind in a way that would honor God. Listen, we need to be very careful on the things that we put in our mind. Uh, That's where a lot of our problems begin. Mm -hmm. And and so, listen, those things that we put in our mind make us who we are. They become actions at some point is what I'm saying this morning. So be very careful. We need to be sober-minded. There needs to be discipline in our life. And and we don't like to hear that because we just want to, and that's definitely not what society is telling us. Society is telling us, whatever feels good, whatever you think is right, just go ahead and have fun. Uh, there's, there's a billboard. I think it's one of the billboards that's been here the whole six years we've been here. YOLO. You only live once. And they're right. And you can squander it and you can waste it if you're not careful with what you put into your mind. And, and so listen, this morning, this is for young men, but this is good for everybody. Uh, we need to be very concerned about keeping our heart and our mind. Uh, but let's move on because that's not where our, our text or really our emphasis is this morning. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. Talking about young men, uh, they ought to be disciplined in all areas of life, but it says that they should have a pattern of good works. Well, what's the word pattern here? It's a die. Uh, one of the guys I looked at talked about it being a prototype. And it's a pattern or a model after which something is to be made. And so young men are to be an example Uh, They're not merely to teach others, but show them by example how they ought to live. Uh, What a contrast to what we see in the world today. Uh, Sow your wild oats while you're young and and get things taken care of as you get older, but that's not what the Word of God says. Uh, The Word of God says we should honor Him in all stages of life. Young, old, uh, aged, as the Bible says. Look at what Hebrews 8:5 says. It says, Who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly image, or things, as Moses was admonished of God uh, when he was about to make the tabernacle, for see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed thee in the mount. An example, a pattern to be imitated or followed. First Timothy 4:12, Let no man despise thy youth, but be that thou an example of the believers, in word, in conversation. In charity and spirit and faith and purity, young men ought to walk as they talk. Right? We're going to talk about sound speech and those things. But uh, listen, we, our walk talks, louder than our talk talks. We can say some things, but if we're not living it, it's not right. And what I want to tell you this morning is that ought to be true in private, as in not just public. You are truly what you are in private. We're good at conforming to the perceived standard when we get out in public. God help us to have a pattern of godliness in our private lives. Uh, A pattern that would please our Savior. Listen, following what? His example. His pattern. Uh, The pattern of our Savior. Did He not live a life of good works? Certainly He did. We won't take the time to look at all those things. Uh, Recently, somebody was preaching. I think it was Brother Carter. I can't remember if it was in in the the youth rally or here at the church. And and he talked about all the things that the Lord did. I think it was Brother Carter. And if it were to be written, the volumes couldn't be contained. Boy, we were created unto good works. And so the young men ought to show a pattern of good works. And so what are good works? Good works, their good deeds, noble deeds, useful deeds, valuable, virtuous, honest, meet, worthy. Listen, Christ intends for us to be zealous for these things. Now we're just going to look at, at Titus here. Titus 2:14, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity, and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers who made magistrates to be ready to every good work. Titus 3.1. Titus 3.8, this is a faithful saying, and these things will I, that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Verse 14 in chapter 3, and let ours also learn to maintain good works for necessary uses that they be not unfruitful. Did you know God wants you to bear fruit? And I know we're talking about young men today, but we can make application in all of our lives. Uh, We ought to be zealous for good works. Uh, Young men, with their natural strength and zeal, should set the pattern for good works. Just the category and and stage of life that young men have, they have the strength. uh, To to set the example, to be zealous, and, and to do those things that are pleasing to him. We ought to be faithful to do good works in our youth, but not just in our youth, throughout our lives. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness. Gravity, sincerity, it says here in our text. <clears throat> What's doctrine? Again, instruction or learning, teaching. Uh, one commentator said, the art, of ma- the art or manner of teaching as well as that which is taught. And so he should have uncorruptness in doctrine. And uncorruptness, integrity, freedom from corruptible mixtures or altercation, adulterations, not altercations, excuse me. I can't read my own notes. <laughs> the Greek word here that uh, they used for this, uncorruptible, is not found elsewhere in the New Testament. But it means uh, the same as purity, that which is not erroneous, That would just not tend to corrupt or vitiate the morals of others or to endanger their salvation. Everything in his teaching was to be such as to make men pure and better. Uncorruptness. Doctrine showing uncorruptness. Mixing nothing with the truth. Taking nothing from the truth. Adding nothing to it and exhibiting in all its connections, energy, and fullness. Verse... uh, Uh, Chapter 1, verse 9, if you remember, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught. And so those that are teaching doctrine ought to be holding to the word of God. Mm -hmm. They ought to be faithful to the word of God. That's where we find sound doctrine. That's where we get truth. And at the same time, you ought to preach the whole counsel. Uh, As we see in Acts chapter 21, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God even when it's not popular, even when it's not convenient, even when it might be hard. Uh, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. We see that in verse 14 in chapter 1 of, uh, of Titus. Listen, we, we don't mix it with the fables of the day or of the past. Listen, we stick to the Word of God and the Word of God only. Uh, I came across the saying this week that I thought was good and And it was something to the effect that that preachers ought to preach holiness. They don't need to police holiness. That's pretty profound when you start thinking about it. Listen, we are just called to preach the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit of God and, and God Himself to work as only He can in the lives of people. You'll weary yourself and you'll frustrate yourself trying to police the people of God. It's not worth it. Uh, I've been around places that they've tried to do that. Uh, it really hinders the work of the Holy Spirit amongst the people. And what a, what a shame for anybody that would do such a thing. Listen, uh, but uncorruptness in doctrine. Uh, as I mentioned before, you've got to be in the Word. But stick to the Word and the Word only. And... Uh, I challenge you to be faithful to be in the Word of God daily. Uh, not just weekly, but, but make a commitment that you're just going to be in the Word of God. And I'm not saying you got to read 100 chapters a day. I'm not saying you got to read one chapter a day. I'm just saying be in the Word of God. Listen, as I've gotten to the Word of God, it changes you. And it's amazing the things, conversations will come up and, man, God will recall His Word to your mind and you can relate the conversation and bringing spiritual things into that because the Word of God has just been in your... I don't have all the verses memorized. And listen, when you're reading 90 days, uh, it's a quick read. I'm not necessarily digesting everything. Now, I do have a notepad, and it's an electronic notepad because we're in 2023, but, and, I, and I'm, I'm putting down things that, that catch my mind as I read. Hey, I need to go back and, and look at these things. But listen, you got to be in the Word of God. If you want to be an effective servant for our Lord, you must be in the Word. You must be in the Word. And, and so, uh, listen, you'll you will understand, you'll, corruption will be evident if you're consistently in the Word of God. When somebody shares error immediately, the flag will go off. Wait a second. That's not what the Word of God says. But you have to be in the Word of God. Uh, so... Get in the word if you're not. Gravity. What is that? Strong's just basically says it's honesty. Uh, The way a preacher delivers his message should be as to command respect. He should advise good sense, undoubted piety, in acquaintance with his subject, simplicity, seriousness, earnestness in his manner. That's what Albert Barnes says, gravity. Uh, And then it goes on, sincerity, purity, genuineness. Lack of corruption. Young men who teach are to be concerned with purity of doctrine and presentation. Listen, we just need to hold to the word. And listen, we got to ask the Holy Spirit to help us rightly divide. Uh, I'm so thankful for commentary because I'm an idiot. Sometimes I'll read things, I'm like, I know there's more here. Lord, help me. And, you know, you read this commentary and and you start thinking on it and meditating about it, and then you realize, I don't know if that guy's really as smart as he thinks he is to write his commentary. Because the Holy Spirit reveals to me, hey, what about this? And And listen, the Holy Spirit is the greatest teacher you'll ever have. And listen, I use commentaries. I'm not saying throw them all away. Uh, there's some value there. But listen, get in the Word and, and ask God to guide your thoughts and to guide your, your, your thinking on those things. And just trust Him. And listen, don't give up. There's passages I read multiple times and I still don't know. Because some things are spiritually discerned. And, and listen, we need the Lord to just open our eyes and to help us with some of those things. And I'll leave it there. Sound speech that cannot be condemned. Sound speech or or wholesome or right speech to use language that would be spiritually helpful or healthy. Uh, It is similar to sound doctrine in verse 1, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine... Listen, we ought to use speech that imparts to the hearers or that imparts grace to the hearers. Look at what Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Colossians 4.6, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. It says that cannot be condemned, but I, I, sometimes I love social media. I can keep in contact with family. It's helped organize my dad's funeral a little bit. I've been in contact with some of my cousins and stuff through it. Um, but you also come across the nonsense on Facebook, too. Probably more of that junk than, than the good stuff. And there was some, some acquaintances of mine, and they had a, an issue with another person. And I think their issue was justified. I think they were right. But in their vehement response to the other individual, they used foul speech. And it completely eroded their entire argument in my mind. They started to, I I didn't want to finish reading it because there were swear words in there. And and I thought, boy, you, you were on the right track. And then you literally fouled it up. Listen, we need to be careful with how we use our words. It's a sound speech that cannot be condemned. Listen, we can say all the right things, but if we intermix some junk in there, it's worthless. That cannot be condemned. That's that's blameless. That's not worthy of condemnation. Not to be condemned or blamed. We see something similar in verse 5. It says, to be discreet, chase keepers at home, good, obedient, To their husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Listen, young men, and and I think all of us would do well to set a pattern in kind speech as we use it. Um, I have been there where I got frustrated and said something I ought not. And all of the good things I said up to that point now are void and forgotten because I used foul language. I brought reproach upon my Savior. Uh, we ought to be careful. Listen, in, and we'll get to this. I'm kind of building up to some, some more stuff as we look at these different age categories here. Uh, but it's all by God's grace that we can do these things. It's not in our own strength that we muster up the ability to do all this the right way, whether you're young or, 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 or older. Uh, it's, it's by God's grace that we can do these things. Uh, but listen, we need to be very careful on how we speak. Listen, because we go about, I hope you go about professing your Christianity to others, mm-hmm. that you're a believer. Mm-hmm. But if your mouth doesn't back that up, you can really destroy all of your testimony with just one conversation. Youth is no excuse to lose conduct to loose conduct, or careless speech. But we see here, young men ought to be the example to set a pattern of good works. Uh, and so I challenge you, young men, and all of you today, to do that. Let no man despise thy youth, but be an example of the believers. Uh, here's a couple examples from Scripture. Joseph, what a difficult life. Sold into slavery by your brothers? And I can understand that a little bit. I got three boys, and I could see where the older two would have wanted to sell Carter at times. (laughs) Um, And certainly I know Carter's wanted to sell Caleb a time or two. Um, But listen, here we have a young man that's put in just difficult circumstances, and he maintains his integrity before God. Uh, You know his story, falsely accused and... And listen, God uses him to save the nation of Israel uh, from famine. David in his youth, boy, what an example of great faith in a God that can defeat giants. Sometimes I don't think we fully understand. We just take for granted that we have the Word of God in and, and this. But David was a young man going out to stand before a grown warrior. Yet he wasn't intimidated because he knew his God. And he had walked with his God and he had seen his God give him victories before as a shepherd boy. A young man of integrity that wouldn't kill King Saul. He wasn't going to lay his hand on the Lord's anointed. And ultimately, you know, he became the king of Israel. And and really, God brought the kingdom to a, a complete kingdom under David. Uh, before they were divided, after the death of Saul, and uh, there was David and Is, Ishbosheth—not Machabisheth, but the other kid. Um, but you guys are a tough crowd. You guys, nobody even chuckled. Uh, thanks, brother. <laughs> He's about as loud as I am usually, but uh, boy, Daniel in his teens, taken from his home put in captivity, yet he determined not to defile himself. He was going to be faithful to his God. He was going to honor God. And listen, we're talking about difficult circumstances. I don't think any of us can fully relate to these people that stood for their God under severe difficult situations. We have a hard time waking up and being faithful to read our Bible. They didn't even benefit from the complete canon of Scripture like we do. Where much is given, much is required. Lord, help us. But these youngsters were faithful to honor God with their life. And here's some Timothy. What a great example of a young man that was used of God. Acts chapter 16, 1 through 3, Then came he to Derby in Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there, was named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess. And believed, but his father was a Greek, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him, and took him and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. Uh, What a blessing to know that he would willingly submit himself to that in order to minister. It wasn't required. Uh, But he was willing to do whatever God and the man of God wanted him to do in order to be ministering uh, for God. Uh, He didn't use his youth as his excuse. Listen, sometimes we get around young folks and they think, well, I got all my life to live. I can serve God later. Listen, God needs you today. God wants to use you now. He'll use you later too. Uh, But Paul calls him his dearly beloved son. And look at 2 Timothy 4. I'll highlight some things out of verses 6 through 9. It says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. The Apostle Paul is ready to, he knows he's going to be done. He's going to be killed soon. And we know he fought a good fight. He kept the faith in in those things. Uh, But look what the latter part of verse 9 says. It says, Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. He wants this young man that's just been a faithful servant for the Lord to come and no doubt to be an encouragement to him. Paul used such a young man to help spread the gospel and establish churches really in the known world at the time and then to comfort the man of God at the end of his life in ministry. Listen, God has a work for young men to do. We're going to close today, but I have a couple closing thoughts. Listen, young men can do much to benefit our local congregation. Their strength. Listen, and if they would live a godly life, their example, their words, their sound speech, and their zeal for the things of God uh, could do great things amongst our congregation and really in our community. If they would just surrender themselves to the Lord and say, God, however you want to use me. Uh, Let's be careful not to despise the youth. Just as Timothy was told not to let others despise his youth, listen, and I think it's especially true for those that are trying to live for God. Look at what 1 Corinthians sixteen, ten, eleven 11 says, Now if Timotheus comes, see that ye may be with, see that he may be with you without fear. For he worketh the work of the Lord as I also do. Let no man therefore despise him. But conduct him forth in peace, that he may come unto me, for I look for him with the brethren. Certainly, if we have young folks that want to be about the work of the Lord, we ought to be encouraging them, lifting them up. Listen, some of the old codgers around can't do what they used to do. Pray for the young ones. Encourage the young ones. Share your experiences of how God used you. And God can do great things. Listen, we we should long to have some aged in our church. Uh, But we ought to be excited about some young men and women who are dedicated in the service of the Lord today. Listen, they're the ones that can carry the weight. God is doing something here at Liberty. I believe it. I believe God has given us people in all of these categories. Elders, thank God for our pastor. He's elder. Aged men, aged women, young women, and young men. Listen, I believe with all my heart, we are postured for God to do great things among us. God, help us to take heed to His word and to submit ourselves one to another. May God help us live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Listen, it's all for His glory. But I think God has got something special at Liberty Baptist Tabernacle, listen, I've traveled, I've been to many churches in my military career, and you I've joined churches because it was really the only good Bible-based church, and, and Cindy and I are the youngest people around. And we were kind of young then, so it was really odd, because there's just a bunch of old codgers, and I'm not downplaying that, but listen, God has done something special here at Liberty Baptist Tabernacle. Listen, we got the youngsters downstairs. We got the teens. We got young men. We got young women. We have the aged folks to help direct us and to guide us. And listen, by God's grace, we have an amazing pastor. Pray for our church. Pray for each one. Pray for the elder. Pray for our pastor. I know you do, but I'm just encouraging you to continue on. Pray for the aged men. Pray that God would use them as we looked at. Pray for the aged women. Pray for the young women and the young men. God can do great things if we would just submit ourselves to Him and follow His example. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this day. We thank You for Your Word, and we certainly thank You, Lord, for how You love us and how You've given us a manual. And so, Father, by Your grace, I pray that You would take us and use us for Your glory. Help us to be faithful to you and to your word. And I pray that you change us to be more like Christ day by day. We'll give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen.